It's funny, when we hear names, depending on the name you hear, uh, it, it brings up stuff in us, right? Like, sometimes not so good, sometimes um, with love, but the name of Jesus is uh, matchless. That is the name above every name. Would you meet me in Colossians chapter 1? We're going to be starting a series this morning called Beyond the Natural. The sermon title for today is God of All Things. When we come to church, we come to church to study God's word, to to hear his word because of what it has done in our life, that it has the power to save, that it changes lives. But but what is the Bible? Is is the Bible a a history book? Is is the Bible a book where where we pull out principles? The the Bible is, is the word of God that was written by men and supervised by the Holy Spirit. It's a collection of books about life, about things that are visible, about things that are invisible, about the beginning, about the end, about heaven, about earth. It's a book that teaches us how to live and a book that teaches us what happens when we die. Um, It's a book about the revelation of God to his people. What, What a marvelous thing. Some people, they just use the Bible to pull out principles and to live better, fruitful lives. So they read certain things and, and they try to use that to, to work things in their, in their lives. And, and many of those principles will do that, but it's so much more. Some people read the Bible as, as just a routine, a religious habit that they figured they checked something off and, and that they're covered. But we read this book because we want to know God. We don't just want to know about God. See, because knowing God and knowing about God are two different things. When when we're talking about knowing about God or when we say knowing about a person, we we know facts about them. We may know some details about them, but but when we when we know someone, when when we know God, when we say I know, and and that is a hard thing to say, I, I know God. We, we can, uh, someone says, why are you a Christian? You, you could start giving your testimony and you could start saying different things. But to say, I, I know God, that is God knowable um, in that way. And in part, um, he is. But when we say we know, uh, we're talking about an intimacy. And what an intimacy does is an intimacy is able to anticipate a response 
from a person. The better you know someone, the more you can finish their sentence. Or you know, if I do this, they're going to respond this way. That's where knowing becomes deeper. That's where knowing becomes more intimate. And the only way we can really know someone is if they allow themselves to be known. We can want to know someone. We can make ourselves available. But unless they let us in, and depending on how far they let us in, uh, determines their knowability. And um, in part, uh, what they reveal about themselves and their willingness to do that determines the depth of that relationship. And, and God has opened our eyes, and he's allowed us to know him. And through history and through the scriptures, he's done that incrementally. So would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? We're reading Colossians chapter 1, very, very important text in the Bible. We're going to be reading from verse 15 down to 20. And today I'll be reading from the ESV. And it reads, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your revelation of who you are to us, particularly in the person of Christ. We ask that you would speak to us this day and through this series, Lord, that we're able to look behind the natural, Lord, and all of these other things that go on and that matter, because of the importance of those things in our lives. So we ask that you would reveal deeper things to us about yourself and, and about our surroundings, all those things that we see and those things that we can't see. We lay this before you, and we thank you for opening our eyes. We ask that you would give us another fresh understanding, a deeper understanding of who you are and who we are in you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So as we read this, this text, we can ask ourselves the question, who is God? 
And it, it says a couple of things here. But first we see that God is creator. It says in verse 16, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So when we read this and and seeing God as creator, one of the things that we recognize is everything that we see, God has created. But that's not all that God has created. There is so much more that God has created, and if he didn't want us to know about these things, he wouldn't mention that in his word, but he does. And he mentions that in his words because they affect our lives. They're part of his creation. And there is a a level that we need to know these things so that we are aware of how to function, how to please God, how to operate. The the thing about um, things that are invisible, there are certain things that are invisible that we recognize air and and things of that nature um feelings or or things uh, that are not tangible things or that are not seen but then there are other things uh, when we talk about uh, heaven and and when we talk about hell and and when we talk about as is stated here thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities The Bible speaks a lot about angels and demons and a spiritual world that is not only around us, but affecting everything that is going on. Don't ever get so sophisticated, so fancy that all you want to do is say, yes, uh, a God exists. These principles are here for me to live by and ignore that God in his creation has things there that we don't see, but we see the results of those things. Uh, Those things have an effect on us. And if we operate not aware of that, it could be detrimental. Uh, It's certainly problematic. You have uh, things that are happening all around us that were created by God. One of the things that is very important for us to understand is everything was created by God. The devil, demons, and angels, and the heavens, and hell, these places, these things were all created by God. So who is God? God is creator. Then we go on to read in verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. God is sustainer. He is the cohesive force of the universe that holds every single thing together. The the more you dive into science and recognize how specific, 
how detailed, how if one thing goes out of order, everything changes. God is the one that sustains that. Not only does God sustain all of those things all the time where we take for granted, when I wake up in the morning, the sun's going to be out, it's going to be daytime, and, and all of those things that he has, the stars named and, and everything that he gave, the waves, you can go this far and no further, he sustains us. From every breath that we take to every need that we have, God is the one who sustains. And it's so important to recognize that. It's so important to acknowledge that because we can put a trust in that. We can uh, see how he operates on the big scale and then recognize how detailed he is about us as individuals and understand that each and every part of this he sustains. Verse 18 says, and he is the head of the body. God is the head of the church. It says he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So what this is saying is, is God is, is the origin. He, he's the life source. He's the leader. If God is not in charge of the church, you don't have a church. It says that he is the firstborn from the dead. And, and, and what that is saying is speaking about the person of Jesus, the church was started at Pentecost. And it is when Jesus died, went to the grave, resurrected, and went into heaven. So him being the firstborn from the dead, that is what that is speaking about. But so much of what we're saying here. Um, we're talking about things that are visible, but we're also speaking about things that are invisible. We're speaking about things that we see in the natural, but then we're speaking about things that are supernatural. Where is it that we live? Do we live in a natural? Do we live in a supernatural? We, we live in both. And it is critical for us to recognize we live in both. When we're talking about the natural, when we're talking about nature, we're talking about the physical. We're talking about the material world. And we're talking about the laws that are associated with it that have been prescribed by God. God is the one who set the limits. God is the one who created this world as we read and put the parameters about how we would function in it. But God doesn't live in the natural. God, God, is, God is transcendent. God is above Everything that he set in place. He, he's God. 
He is the king of the universe. The things that he put in place for us to live in, he is outside of that. Him being outside of that, uh, sometimes because we live in the natural, because we see the natural, we get uh, a little sidetracked. Or when we pray, we pray in the natural. I I remember praying often with my wife, and I would pray within reason. If you, if you understand what I'm saying, I would pray in a way where I could physically see the manifestations of this happening. And when she would pray, she would pray in the supernatural. And, 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 and in my mind, I used to think sometimes like, can we like, Help God out. Can we stay inside of certain parameters? But I was very much wrong. So, so, so she taught me, no, you, you don't pray as if God is restricted by these things that we see. He, he is so outside of that. And, and. I had to learn that over time because if we allow logic and what we see and and what's going on around us to dictate how we are going to approach God for our needs or for whatever is going on, we're way off. When we think of God being transcended. It's it's beyond the range of of what we consider normal, what we consider physical or our human experiences because God isn't subject to those things, things like time. God set time. Uh, God set that we would go through a continuum uh, on a scale. He is not within time. God is eternal, and because it is hard for us to fathom that there is no beginning and there is no end with God because we know how finite we are and and the things that we see, even when we look at science, the world is decaying. That's why the world had to be made, because if you look at physics, the world is moving in one direction. So there was no way that it went in the other direction to be built, and now it made about face and going in the other direction. But because of those things, sometimes we restrict God. So when we're speaking about things that are supernatural, what we're talking about are things that are outside of the natural order. It's beyond what we can observe in the universe. God created it all. So when we're speaking about Things that we just mentioned, angels and demons, thrones, dominions, rulers and authorities. When we, when we talk about God, when we talk about heaven, when we talk about hell, when we talk about creation, that's, that's supernatural. God spoke these things into existence. When we talk about these things being sustained by God's word. That's supernatural. When we talk about Jesus being the head of the church, 
that that's supernatural. When we speak about salvation, being snatched out of darkness and brought into the light, that is supernatural. That is not something that we see, but we certainly see the results of it. Just like you don't see the when, but you see the results of it. These aren't tangible things, but we experience them. Because God cannot be physically seen, and this is very important, because he cannot be physically seen, that does not mean that we have the liberty to build the God of our imagination. That would be like, um, I don't believe in the law of gravity. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And if you walk up off a cliff, you'll find out. So, so when, we, when we think about God, and, and the Bible says no one has, has seen God, right, but, but the Son, and we think, well, I can build a God for myself since I can't see him, uh, we're making a big mistake because that's not, that's not God at all. It's a figment of our imagination. And in the same way, we can't say, I don't believe in gravity. That doesn't mean gravity doesn't exist. So God can be known. And God reveals himself in the person and work of Jesus Christ. There is, there is no paragraph in the Bible that speaks more of, of a concentrated doctrine about Jesus Christ being God than in Colossians uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 13 all the way down to verse 20. If you study that, and I've preached on this before from a totally different angle because it's such an important piece of Scripture, because it speaks about Jesus being God. The reason why Paul had to write about this because uh, the Colossians, just like false teachers today, they didn't deny the importance of Jesus, um, they just dethroned him. They, they, they just said he's not God. They didn't say he didn't exist. They, they gave him prominence, but not preeminence. Preeminence means he is, he is first place, that he's surpassing all others, that he is superior. Some of the words that we read, we're going to go over because it, it almost makes it seem like Jesus was born. But when you look in the Greek, that's not the case at all. It says in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. When, when it speaks about image here, what it's saying is that he is the exact representation and revelation of the invisible God. So when you see Jesus, 
how he speaks, what he says, or the things that he did, you're seeing the Father. And Jesus said that many, many times. So when it says that he is the firstborn of creation, that does not mean that God the Father was bored and said, I need someone to be with me, so he's the firstborn. I'll, I'll make a son for myself, and, and then I'll have someone to be with. And you know what? We'll make the Holy Spirit also. That's not what that means. When it says firstborn of all creation, it does not refer to time. But it refers to place or status. Jesus was not the first being created. Jesus is of first importance, first rank. So, so in, in, in other words, for instance, uh, the president is married to the first lady. She, she was not the first woman in the White House. She, because of her rank... She holds that position. And, and that's what this is speaking about. And it's very important for us to understand that because even uh, like a big thing on social media with this actress and, you know, talking about the Trinity and all of those kind of things, those things are very important for us to have solidified in our mind. And one of the things that we have to do is recognize that words don't you always transfer over word for word. So before you go off, especially claiming something about God, you have to do a deep study. And that's why it is very important what church you go to, what you're listening to, who you're listening to, who you allow to influence you, especially about things like this. Because again, we're talking about things that are visible. We're talking about things that are invisible, and it all matters in our life. We're talking about your salvation. We're, to, we're talking about us stating who God is. First off, if I'm going to ask myself who God is, and I'm going to listen to a person... It's not going to be someone that just has a platform and I like the way they sing or act. If I'm talking about and thinking about who God is, just because someone is on TV and they have a church and they get excited and, and, and I feel good when I listen to them, I'm looking at every single word that they're saying. I want to see how close are they sticking um, to the word of God. One of the things that's real important is that you don't put your eternal destiny in anyone's hands. Mine, Pastor Angelo's, somebody on TV, no one's. If I'm saying something, you should be... I think I'm going to have to have a conversation with him after the service, right? If, if, that's, what, if that's what it is. That, that's why we have to know our word, right? When, when people are figuring out if money is real, right, they don't um, give them fake money to feel. You just keep feeling the real, feeling the real. So as soon as something that's not real comes, you should be able to detect it. But, but that happens from touching money, 
time again and again and again. So if you're not reading your word and you don't know, and you're not willing to go that extra step to know God, no one's asking you to be a theologian, right? It's better that, that you know God in an intimate way than you know the Bible up and down because void of the Holy Spirit, you, you can't know God. And as we grow and learn in his word, it's for us to have that personal relationship with him. So, so it's, it's not about, uh, I left church and, I, and I'm excited about what was said. It's, how is this impacting my life? Do I know God a little better? Am I um, encouraged and uh, looking to deepen my relationship? Did that just convict me? One of the things that happened, and this is a sidebar, sometimes people will come to me about something that I preach, and they'll say, you said this, this, and this. And I say, yeah, I said that. And maybe, like, they didn't like it. And I, say, I think in my mind sometimes, did you ever think that maybe you didn't like that because that's something you need to kind of check out and deal with? <laughs> I'm reading the book and, and explaining it like the best that I can, right? And not that I don't make mistakes. That's why you're supposed to be reading it for yourself. So I'm not telling you not to check me because if you need to, you know, feel free. Just make sure you, you know, come with scripture and, you know. <laughs> okay, went off on an tangent there. God has revealed himself through the person and work of Jesus. And it says that he is the, invis- the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, it says that God made him of first importance. God is invisible, but Jesus Christ has been revealed to us. And throughout the Old Testament, if you, if you just kind of think about it, when Moses saw a burning bush. Why isn't that bush being consumed? And went to see it. God had to tell him, this is God. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Or he may not have known that 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 was an image of God there, and, and, and God spoke. And if you look throughout the scripture, as God started to reveal himself, that's why when he came in the person of Jesus, and some didn't like what he looked like, because They built the image of God in their own head. Now, all of a sudden, that changed their idea of this is God. When we go to the scriptures, you should be challenging yourself of what you believe about God. Because we have all these presuppositions, culture, and all of these things that we formulate who God is in our minds. And we have to keep checking ourselves and make sure it lines up with the scripture. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3a, it says, he is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. 
You see, nature reveals the existence of God. Nature reveals the power of God. Nature um, reveals the wisdom of God. But nature can't reveal the essence of who God is. It is only Jesus Christ that the invisible God was revealed perfectly. And that means that he's God, that Jesus is God, because no creature can perfectly show you who God is. Jesus said of himself in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. And when he said that the Jews picked up stones to stone him, and Jesus answered, I've shown you many good works from my Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? And the Jews answered him, it is not for the good works that you are going to, we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Who, who, is, who is God? God is our salvation. He, he's the one who intervened to save us from his own wrath. It says in verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. That means the sum total, the essence, the perfection, the power, the attributes of God, the Father, was all in the Son. And through him to reconcile himself, to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. All things must be reconciled to him. All things. So even things in the heavenlies, even things on earth, even the earth and the condition that it's in, it all has to be reconciled to him. When we talk about uh, something being reconciled, that's like a financial term. It's to rectify something. It's to balance the books. It's also the way you would coexist or harmony that you would have. It's to restore a right relationship between two parties. And the way Jesus balanced the books, it said he had to make peace. He made peace for us by the blood of his cross. Worship team, you can come up. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, therefore having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In this case, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, 
with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, so when we talk about who God is, when we talk about the visible and the invisible, God is the creator. God is the sustainer. God is the head of his church. God is our salvation. These things we, we can't see. But we get to enjoy. We get to participate in. We need to understand what these things are actually saying. So in this series, we're going to speak about what's going on on the beyond the natural, on the other side with angels and demons and how that affects our lives. But it needed to start with God, who is transcendent, who we can't see other than what he's revealed to us and how he revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus. And we understand the impact and the importance of what that means. All these things we can't see. We, we weren't there at creation. We couldn't see it, but we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for it. We, we can't see God watching the world go around and keeping it on his axis. But we know that if uh, it moves just a little bit, we're going to burn up. We, we, we can't physically see God being the head of his church. But it certainly is not me. If I'm the head of his church, we're in trouble. And when he's talking about his church, he's talking about his church universal. And the work that he is doing in every believer, in every functioning part of the body, and how he so beautifully uses it. Because we are filled with the Holy Spirit as believers... We're going to look on the other side of heaven and hell and the spiritual warfare that's going on and how we are to engage in these things. But it starts with understanding who God is, what, what, what he's done in the natural, in the invisible and the visible so that we can, can get a grasp on how we are to live in this natural world. But we're supernatural. There things going on around us and God uses us in a supernatural way. Even Paul, when he was talking about Arguments that people were having in the church, one of the statements he made is, you're acting like mere humans. What, 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 is, what does that mean? Well, well, that means because you are the temple of the Lord. You're not to act like a mere human. If, if the Holy Spirit is in us, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, 
then, then God is going to use that. But we also have to understand, even when we're talking about these things in the supernatural, we don't call these things up at will and do things that we think we should do. No, no. We're servants of the Lord. Lord, have, have your way. Your will be done. When, when, when the Bible tells us we can do all of these things through Christ, we can. When they're in step with God's will. In the things that he calls us to do. So, so, so it's not uh, this power I have I can use for selfish reasons. No, it's, it's, it's for the body. And every single time I come into church and I see all the different functioning parts of the body, I'm so blessed. It so encourages me. And God wants us to understand these things, right? You can't use what you don't know you possess. And if you know you possess it, there's a proper way to use it, right? We just can't take something out of the box and just start using it all willy-nilly any kind of way we want. We could kill somebody. We could hurt ourselves, right? But if we recognize what God has put in us, what he's called us to do, how he's going to use those things for his glory, for our good, for what he made us for. Now we're operating in the supernatural. Now, now these natural things that we're governed by, it, it goes a lot further and deeper than that. It says that in Colossians, we read, we started reading that uh, verse 15, but in verse 13 it says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son, that his beloved son, in whom we have redemption. Some, some versions say redemption by his blood, the forgiveness of sins. That's supernatural. God delivered us. He rescued us. He snatched us out of darkness. And he transferred us into the kingdom of his son that he loves. That was a supernatural transfer that happened in a moment in time. And he did that for a reason. Because then he filled you with the Holy Spirit, as a down payment so that you would know I belong to him. And then he's going to use what he placed in you. Because you're not just mere humans. You're his agents. You're his handiwork. His workmanship. His holy people. Calls us his holy temples. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. That you're so much more than, than what we see. We thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us in the person of Jesus. And because of the work of Jesus, we belong to you. We are yours. 
that you filled us with the Holy Ghost, that you snatched us out of darkness, Lord. And that you're sanctifying us, Lord. And even though we wrestle with the flesh, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, because of your word, we, we not only want to be obedient, but we have the power to be obedient to what you called us to. We are slaves no more. We are no longer slaves to sin and death. We are enemies no more. We are your children. Our purposes are no more selfish, but they're for your glory. For your church, you as the head, for a lost and dying world, us as your agents, those who were reconciled, and you've called us to the ministry of reconciliation, imploring others, be reconciled to God. We thank you that you've prepared a, a home for us that we would be with you, Lord. But as we're here, let us walk out in this mission, Lord, in your supernatural power, things beyond the natural that you've called us to do, much bigger than the things that we see. We pray for that one, Lord, that needs you right now. that needs to be filled with your Holy Spirit that is repenting of their sins and recognizing what you do in your children in a supernatural way, snatching them out of darkness, the one that's come to the end of themselves, Lord. Do a deep work in their heart, Lord. Surround them with believers, Lord. Bring to them to the knowledge of your truth, of who you are. Your word said if we diligently seek you, we would find you, O God. So touch that one, Lord. And let us all walk out of here recognizing that so much is going on around us that we can't see. That we're the beneficiaries of. You're protecting us from all these things that are going on around us. You're keeping us, Lord, because you're the sustainer, Lord. You're our creator and you're our savior. So have your way, Lord. Have your way in each one of our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.